this year, the year has kind of fallen a little differently, and I am really grateful for it. If you read my blog post this week, we actually have, and we don't normally have this, we have a week between Thanksgiving and before Advent begins. So it's like a bridge to give us a space before we begin our Advent celebrations and getting ready for Christmas. And as I was praying and preparing and looking at the calendar, I thought this is just a perfect time to really do a season on Thanksgiving. So this will be my final message in our Thanksgiving series this year. And I want to talk to you about what does it mean to praise the Lord? I mean, what does that actually mean when we say praise the Lord? You may have, some of you may hear somebody from time to time go praise the Lord. And you wonder, is that just a, a statement that people make? Our uh, nephew and his wife were here with us this weekend, along with a lot of other family for Thanksgiving. And they have taken in a foster child. And we had so much fun with him. But you can tell he's come from a, a background where he's not ever been in church. And he loved being here for our Thanksgiving service and Sunday service. But all the time he's walking around and they're trying to teach him when he was going, Oh my God, oh my God, our good God. And, you know, for us as Christians, the name of the Lord is sacred. And we don't use God's name like that. But it's just not something he's ever learned. So... We went to the Henry Ford this weekend, and, and he just fell in love with the trains, the, especially the Indy cars. And I took him up in that great big, is it 419, the great big locomotive there where he could blow the horn. And he kept going, oh, my God, oh, my God, pushing the button. And I finally was able to say, call his name, and, which I can't do online. And so I call his name and say, you know, God is so good to us. All that we've enjoyed and the home you have now is because God is good. Let's say God is good. God is good, beep. God is good, beep. God is good. So what does it mean to praise the Lord? For us as Christians, Praise is the very essence of worship and what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. When I was a young Christian, many, many years ago, we used to sing a song, and you might remember it. We bring a sacrifice of praise unto the house of the Lord, and we offer unto him the sacrifices of thanksgiving, and we offer unto him the sacrifices of praise. And that was just the way we started camp services with young people or the way we started church services because we knew we had gathered and not only gathered because we had to, we wanted to praise the Lord. I was in a liturgical service and when our community for a special service that I was asked to be a part of. And occasionally the pastor would say to the congregation, praise the Lord. And I loved it. The congregation would respond to the pastor, the Lord's name be praise. So let you and I try that this morning. I'm going to say praise the Lord. And you say the Lord's name be praised. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> now they didn't say it nearly as good at that church as you just said it. It was kind of a mumble, the Lord's name be praised. But it's a part of our very makeup and a very part of our being. It's also one of those words that I thought everybody understood what it meant to praise, to affirm the goodness, to affirm something that God has done. There's worship where we just adore Him for who He is. But praise is where we give our thanksgiving to Him and we acknowledge the goodness and the blessings of God. 
There are some people, and I've read atheists who've said this, I've read other secular people who've said this, that they just don't understand why God wants to be praised or why we would want to praise God. And in their mind, God is like the wicked queen in Snow White. Like God is standing before a mirror, and you're the mirror, and God is going, oh church, oh church, who's the most fairest of them all? And we respond, thou art, oh queen, thou art, you know? And if God was a God like that, I'd get up and leave this building, if that's who God was. There are some people that have somehow or another, they think that, <clears throat> that God maybe is like the sycophant wealthy man that he surrounds himself with a wealthy woman who surrounds himself with people who only tell him good things about himself. And if anybody ever criticizes him, he gets upset and lashes out at everybody. But God is like none of those things at all. If God was like that, I would say to you and I, let's just walk out of here because we're not here. Listen, this is important. We are not here to try to extract a favor from God. We did not give in the offering. And if you did, I don't want you to ever give like that. We did not give because we're trying to get something from God. We give because we adore Him and because we love Him and we simply want to give the way a boy loves a girl and brings to her gifts or a husband loves his wife and brings to her gifts or a child delights to give their parents gifts and that child gives those gifts because mom and dad gave them an allowance and they were able to give because mom and dad gave to them. We give because we love the Lord. And by the way, in heaven, People are going to constantly just be talking about who good, how good God is. So would you stand with me? And let me read to you from the word of the Lord this morning, from the book of Revelation. Each of these living beings, these are the seraphim and the cherubim, each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes, inside and out. And day and night, after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty. The one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. And whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, that's the, 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 uh, the representatives of Israel and the representative of the church, the apostles, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. Now, this is not happening because they're robotons. This is not happening because they're mindless. Because those who have gone on before us to heaven, they see things, they understand things, they know things that are so beyond our human capacity to know that they are more in all of the goodness and the glory of God than they've ever been or any of you or myself will ever be. So I want you to join me in prayer right now. Lord, we really want to understand what it means to praise the Lord. We acknowledge here that you are not a vain, insecure deity standing before the church saying, praise me. Neither are you some wealthy individual of power and influence surrounded by people who are here to try to get something out of you. 
But we are gathered in the presence of God Almighty. And on this Thanksgiving weekend, Lord, we, we bring you the sacrifice of praise. And we offer unto you the sacrifices of thanksgiving. Because day by day, Lord, those of us that are being led by your Spirit are becoming more and more aware just how amazing grace really is. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Have you ever noticed that <clears throat> when you've done something that fills you with joy, you just want to share it? If you've ever read a book that you really enjoyed, and some of you are, are readers here at Woodland, and you've read a book and you enjoy it, you will send me a text message or you'll call me and you'll tell me all about this book. Some of you will ask me if I enjoyed the book. If you're a hiker and you're out going through the, through the mountains or you're hiking somewhere, you just can't help but share the joy of the beauty that you've seen. Some of you, you've, you've been to the Rockies, you've been to Alaska, you've been on a mission trip, and you, you'll come back and you'll show me the beauty of everything you've seen. You're, you're offering praise. It's because you're, you're, you're talking about the joy that you've had in this experience. It's natural for you to tell your friends, read that book. It's natural for you to tell your friends, go to Alaska. My mom and dad went and spent a couple of months in Alaska after we moved to Michigan. And my dad said, son, and he was showing him all these pictures of Alaska. And he said, you got to go to Alaska. You just got to go. And I said, daddy, I'm as far north as I ever want to go. I don't ever want to be any colder than I've been in Michigan before. <laughs> and until his dying day, you got to go to Alaska. And I would say, daddy, I'm not going any further north than what I've been because of living in Michigan. You just can't help but share your joy. You see, praise is how we express our joy in the Lord. We talk about the goodness of God. Praise is that way that we share the joy of the Lord that has become our strength. Praise is that way that we talk to people and we tell them what God has done for us. Sometimes people will go to a movie and they'll call me up and they're on their way home from the movie and they're just breathless saying, Pastor, you've got to watch this movie. Sometimes you will trap me back here at the door and you'll go grab both of my shoulders and say, have you seen this movie? You just got to go see this movie. What you're doing is you're praising the, the movie. You're praising the story. You're saying, you just got to see this. It's because we instinctively praise what we enjoy. I see this all the time when I start doing premarital counseling. A young man will start telling me all the virtues of his fiance. A young woman will start telling me all the virtues of her fiance. And what you're doing is you're listening to praise. And those of you that I've had the privilege of going through our premarital counseling together, I will try to point you to the fact that this is how we praise the Lord. We talk about how good God is to us. And what happens is, and this is a psychological fact, joy is factually and actually increased when we share our joy in something. So if I was to tell you about how good God is to me, I'm actually and factually increasing the joy that I have in the Lord. 
If I was to share with you the joy that I have in watching the University of Georgia play football, I, I find my joy increasing. And after this service, some of you are going to be talking to me about how Michigan beat Ohio State yesterday because you're actually going to increase your joy because you're sharing that with me. How many of you know that what I'm saying is true? That's how I would, well, that was kind of weak. I really want you to praise the Lord better than that. <laughs> one of the many, many virtues, speaking about praising someone you love, one of the many, many virtues of my wife is raising our children. She wasn't always able to go with me to some of the places that I had been. And I would come home and tell her what God had did and it would be like she was vicariously entering into that joy with me, praising God because God had answered her prayers while she was interceding. And even today, sometimes when I do something or go somewhere and she's not able to go with me, and I come home and share, she rejoices with me. She enters into that joy. So let me see if I can just give you a simple, non-theological yet theological definition of joy. Praise, excuse me, a praise. Praise is actually the spontaneous overflow of your enjoyment in something. So when we praise God, we are praising God spontaneously because we delight ourselves in the Lord. We used to sing another song, delight yourself in the Lord, delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. So praise the name of Jesus. How many of you remember that one? Two. <laughs> I guess this is the minority report right here. Thank you. <laughs> but I delight. What I delight in, I constantly talk about. I talk about Becky. I talk about our kids. I talk about our grandkids. I love to talk about Jesus. Because it's the spontaneous overflow. And if you don't, now listen, this is important, and I want you to hear me, especially those of you watching online today. If you don't understand that praise is the spontaneous overflow of joy, then when we sing the songs of praise here, as we did just a few moments ago, it'll seem artificial. It'll seem forced. You'll go through the motions because maybe you've done your duty by coming to church. But it won't be the joy that praise is supposed to be. When you know that, listen, that you can know the Lord and you can enjoy the Lord forevermore. Then suddenly you know Him, you can enjoy Him forevermore. Instantly your praise just increases. Someone who is someone of, of great influence in our state recently called me and says, here's my home phone number. Here's my cell phone number. If I can ever help you, if I can ever help your church, all you have to do is call. And I asked this individual, what did I do to deserve to get your private number? And they simply said these words, I like you. Friends, can I tell you something? I like the Lord this morning. And more than that, He likes you and He likes me. Hallelujah. We delight ourselves in the Lord. That's what praise is. So praise is enhanced 
when we delight ourselves in the Lord. Look at Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 11. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Notice that, underline that. Your servants, not just the pastor, not just Nehemiah, but your servants. How many of you are servants of the Lord? Can I see your hand this morning? Who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Speaking of the king. God answered that prayer for Nehemiah. God answered that prayer for the Jewish people that had been scattered in the, in the diaspora. But let me give you a shocking, shocking verse, okay? Are you ready? I mean, really to be shocked. If you delight in the Lord, this will shock you. Look with me at Zephaniah 3 and verse 17. The Lord your God wins victory after victory, and he is always with you. He celebrates and sings because of you, and he will refresh your life with his love. Notice that. He celebrates and sings because of you. If God said, I endure you, Dennis Clanton, I would have understand that. If God would have said, I forgive you, Dennis Clanton, I would say, I needed that. But God says he celebrates and he sings because of you and me. I delight in that this morning. Can we give him another hand of praise for that today? Hallelujah. I can't imagine why God would delight in me. <clears throat> I can't imagine why God would delight in my fellowship and company. It's like I said to this individual, what did I do to deserve that? Nothing. God loves you. And here's another shocking thing. The Bible tells you and I that we should not keep God at arm's length. We shouldn't just kind of stiff arm him. There is a time and there is a place for sober worship. There's a time for fasting and prayer. There have been times when I have just laid prostrate before the Lord, and you've laid prostrate on your bedroom floor or your living room floor, and you've just laid there before him, awed by his presence of how powerful and how almighty he is, and suddenly you realize that we are nothing but dust inhabited by the very breath of God. We, we recognize that. There are times for somber repentance, but daily, each of us have cause to delight in the Lord. Sometimes when I read some secular writers, they write about praise and worship as though it's medicine that you have to take. It's good for you, but boy, does it taste bad. There are secular writers today that are pleading that religion, be the Bible be brought back into the school because it seems like the further we're getting away from the Word of God, our society is falling apart, and there is truth in that. But it's not just foul-tasting medicine that's good for a secular society. The Word of the Lord is true. The Word of the Lord is life-giving. And where the Word of the Lord is, the Spirit of the Lord is. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is life, there is liberty, and there is freedom this morning. No wonder we can't help but praise the Lord. Because He delights in us and we delight in Him. This is why... I want to preach this message before Advent goes, comes because I don't want you to come to church joyless. I don't want you to stand and sing the songs without the real feeling and the meaning behind them. You see, you can sing songs but really not worship. 
You can sing songs of praise and really not be praising the Lord. You can pray but not pray. You can listen to this message this morning and not receive any benefit because somehow or another you haven't caught the idea of how amazing grace is and that God loves us. There is a kind of worship God hates. There is a kind of praise that God hates. Jesus quoted the prophets in Matthew 15 and verse 8 when he said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We set our hearts upon the Lord. It was the religion of the Pharisees. They became such fussy little people. They may have been big physical people, but they became fussy little people. They came to Jesus one time, and Jesus, your disciples, they don't wash their hands before they eat. Big deal. Now, if you come to my house, it is a big deal. (laughs) But they're equating that with worship. If you forget to wash your hands before you eat your fried chicken, it may not be healthy for you, but that doesn't mean you don't love the Lord. They even had this clever, tricky way of getting around the Ten Commandments where where we're supposed to honor our parents and we're supposed to take care of our parents if they can't take care of themselves. And so the priests came up with this tricky way to enrich their coffers. And they said, look, if you want to give it to God, we'll call it Corbin. And then if your parents need it, you don't have to help them because it's devoted to God and we've got it set aside in the temple treasury. God called them, Jesus called them hypocrites. Jesus called them sons of hell. Jesus was really perturbed because of the fact that there was this form of religion that denied the power and the goodness of God. It had the right looks outside, but it had no heart. Jesus said, why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? And so I ask you this morning to examine your heart and search your heart. Do I delight in the Lord? Do I delight in his presence? Do I delight in gathering in the house of God? And if you do, then we all go through, as I prayed this morning in the pastoral prayer, we all go through those valleys of shadow of death. We all go through those dark and trying times. We all go through those difficult times. So how is praise sustained? According to the Bible, praise is sustained by the sacrifice of praise. Praise is sustained by the sacrifice of praise. We've all had dry wells. We've all dug dry wells. We've all had dry spells. We've all been in those places in our life where there's been this spell of time that we've gone through where God seems so distant. Sometimes we have been more emotional and fervent rather than committed to the Lord. We're like the crowds that when Jesus came into Jerusalem on Monday, Thursday, and the crowds were going, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then within just a few hours of time, they're crying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. One week we're all happy about the goodness of God, and the next week we're wondering, oh God, has you abandoned me? How do you go through those dry times, those difficult times? It's why I'm so grateful for this one more week we have. Because after Thanksgiving of being with our families, after eating all the food we've ate, after the disappointing loss of our Detroit Lions, Thanksgiving was perfect until that football game. 
You could have seen your pastor throw something. I was so frustrated. It was just heartbreaking. What sustains us is by not letting the circumstances define whether we're going to praise the Lord. It's offering the sacrifice of praise whether we feel like it or not. Through Jesus in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15, through Jesus, therefore, let us continue to offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. So let me ask you a question this morning. Just, you don't have to lift your hands, but just be honest with yourself. Has God brought you through a dry spell? Has God brought you through a dark valley? Has God brought you through cancer? Has God brought you through heart disease? Has God brought you through a divorce? Has God brought you through a child abandoning you? Has God brought you through a time of unemployment? Has God brought you through a time where you really questioned your faith? Has God brought you a time where you sinned and yet you felt the mercy and the grace of God and you felt the love of Christians around you? Has God brought you through a time of of heartbreaking disappointment? If God has brought you through any of those things, you know that during the midst of them that what helps you more is not griping, it's not complaining, it's not shouting at God or shouting at other people it's bringing to him what we used to open up our services with when we say we bring the sacrifice of praise and we offer unto him the sacrifices of thanksgiving because the economy was in shambles mortgage rates were 24 and 25 percent people were unemployed and that was the time we began to sing that song we bring the sacrifice of praise those of you who are young and have never been through a time like that understand this what sustained us what pulled us through was we never stopped delighting in God and God never stopped delighting in us and he made us ahead and not the tail he made us move forward through everything and we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus hallelujah the sacrifice of praise Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 dear brothers and sisters I plead with you Give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. This is truly the way to worship him. A wife can't do this for her husband. Parents can't do this for the children. I can't do this for the congregation. You and I have to each of us bring our own presentation of our life and say, God, I'm yours. Everything I've got, everything I am, everything I'm not, take me, use me, however you want to. So I have another question for you before I move on. Take some time to write down how far God has brought you. Take some time to write down. Every, just write that question down on your outline right now. Listen. I wouldn't tell you this if it wasn't good for you. I'm your pastor and I love you. Take the time this week to write down how far God has brought you. Leviticus chapter 6 verse 13 says, remember the fire. What was the fire? It It was the continual offering of praise to God. That fire had to be kept going 24 hours a day. God started the fire. Those of you who don't know your Old Testament, you can go back and read about that or talk to me after service about it. God started the fire, 
God started something good in you. God started something good in us. And it's up to you and I to sustain it through our praise that we bring to the Lord every day. So every time you listen to one of your neighbor's kids who are complaining about life or got a problem, and you maybe feel like saying, you know what, I'm busy, I've got to go. Every time you listen to that kid, you're praising the Lord. Every time you go to the hospital and you lift a cup of cool water to a patient's mouth, and you pray with them and you just you are offering a praise to the Lord. Every time you go to the rest home and you sit there with an elderly person, you're offering praise to the Lord. I could go on with the list, but when you serve other people, you are bringing praise to God. I can't tell you how important this is. And thirdly, singing expresses my praise. Now you have already seen how deep my talent goes with singing this morning. You have seen that I make a joyful noise. I'm not a singer. I read something one time that I thought was so funny. Somebody wanted to know the difference between opera and rap. Isn't that quite a thing? They ask a music critic, what's op the difference between opera and rap? This is the music critic's words. Opera people sing when they should be talking. Rap people talk when they should be singing. I thought it was pretty good. If Francisco was here, he'd have a talk with me right after the service this morning. Victor Hugo said, music attempts to express what cannot be said about something on which it is impossible to remain silent. That's why we sing. We're prisoners running free, we sang this morning. God has freed us from our sin. Singing is inclusive. I don't say this with any sense of bitterness. I really don't want to because I know I'm not able. But when I'm standing over here and we're all singing, sometimes I realize I can't hear anybody else but me. I'm making a joyful noise. I'm saying, singing is inclusive. I get to be a part of the choir of this church when we sing. When we sing together, it bonds us together. And when we're singing like that, every one of us, if we are singing correctly, our attention is focused upon the grace of God and God's goodness to us. We are focused upon the one who says, not only do I delight in you, but I give my son to, to forgive you of your sins, and I adopt you as my children. I'm not just his servant. We are his children this morning. That's the reason Psalms 147 and verse 1 says, Hallelujah! It's a good thing to sing praise to our God. Praise is beautiful. Praise is fitting. Look at that. Praise is beautiful. Praise is fitting. Why? Because God has been so good. So after our talk to our little guest this week, he and I were sitting in the family room together, and I said something that he liked, and he went, Hallelujah! God is good! He got it! From taking the Lord's name in vain to suddenly beginning to say, and I'm sure it's going to take a long time for habits to change, but suddenly realizing how God, good God is. C.S. Lewis said, and this should be on the screen if you want to follow along with me. I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment. Isn't that powerful? not only expresses, but it completes the enjoyment. 
It's not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. It is frustrating to have discovered a new author and not be able to tell anyone how good he is. To come suddenly at the turn of the road upon some mountain valley of unexpected grandeur and then have to keep silent because the people with you care for it no more than a tin can in the ditch. To hear a good joke and find no one to share it with. Fully to enjoy is to glorify. And commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. Would you read that last paragraph with me? Fully to enjoy is to glorify. And commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. Read it one more time. Fully to enjoy is to glorify. And commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting us to enjoy him. Psalms 149 and verse 5 says, Let true lovers break out in praise. Sing out from wherever they're sitting. So the next time, look here, don't miss this. The next time you read that book of the Bible that you could not read until you had become a man called the Song of Solomon, notice how the bride invites the husband to enjoy her. Notice how the husband invites the bride to enjoy him. God invites you and I to enjoy him, and God enjoys us. Isn't that beautiful? That's what God does. And then finally this morning, truth matters. Truth is sacred. Praise and worship then must be centered in Jesus because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. That's the reason that our worship is centered in Jesus. God has spoken to us in these last days through his son, Jesus Christ. He's spoken fully and finally. Say those two words with me, fully and finally. God has spoken to us fully and finally in these last days through Christ Jesus, his son. When Jesus uses that word truth, it's a unique word. It's aletheia. And what it means to is to unveil. It's what a woman would use to veil herself with. And when she unveiled herself, she was revealing who she was. God has spoken to us fully and finally. He has revealed to us who he is. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. And who can't help but love Jesus? And so our worship must always be centered in Jesus. And much as I love my friends from other faith, it is a hill I'm willing to die on. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You cannot do an in-run around Jesus to get to God. If you're going to come to God, you come through Jesus. Christ. He's the way. He died for us. He's the way. By the power of the Spirit, He rose for us. He's the way. He abides with us. He's the way. One day He's coming back for us. He's the way. He is going to establish a kingdom forever and ever, and we will rule and reign with Him as kings and priests upon this earth. That's what Thanksgiving praise is all about this morning. Somebody praise the Lord today. Hallelujah. And that's what Paul was getting at when he said in 2 Corinthians 4, 5, we preach that Jesus Christ is Lord. 
What we know about Jesus comes to us through the Bible. And worship that is pleasing to God will always be centered in Christ and anchored in the Scripture. Would you stand with me this morning? There's a few things I want you to remember as you go home today. Praise is the spontaneous overflow of your joy in something. Remember reading a book or watching a movie, you just got to share it. A funny joke that you heard, a vista that you saw, and the fact that somebody else enjoys it, it just actually increases your joy. And by the way, if somebody else doesn't enjoy it, your joy still increases because you were able to share it with them. Praise is enhanced when you delight in Him. And praise is enhanced when you know, look at me, look at me, everybody right here. I want you to hear this. This is what Jesus wants you to know. God delights in you. God delights in you. God delights in you. God celebrates you. God sings over you. God rejoices in you. God gave his son for you. And all that I said was not just maudlin, fawning attention. All of that is the word of the Lord. That God delights in us. So I want to pray for you right now. I'm going to ask you, if you would, just to bow your head. Jesus, what a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving season this has been. And the good thing is it doesn't have to end, Lord. Because as we begin Advent, We're going to be celebrating how you became one of us. So I pray this morning as we leave this building that you'll listen to the prayer of your son that reveres your name. And it is, I pray for this people who reveres your name. That you will hear my prayer and you will give us good success in the work of the kingdom as we live our lives as sacrifices of praise unto you. And I ask you that for any who have wandered from their faith, or never committed their life to Jesus. I pray that right now, they'll sense the overwhelming, amazing love of God. If you've never given your life to Jesus, and if you sense a drawing today, there's something inside of you, you want to respond to God, you want to respond to Jesus. 
That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit, persuading you of the truth of His Word. That's the Holy Spirit drawing you to Himself. I want you to understand what that is. Don't let this moment pass. Because if you do, the enemy will try to turn your attention away from God just as quickly as possible. Right now, while you sense that, if you want to commit your life to Christ and follow Him, then pray this prayer with me. You don't have to pray it out loud, but just pray sincerely with me. Lord, for the first time in a long time, or maybe the very first time, I find myself awed in your presence that you love me, that you gave Jesus as a sacrifice for my sins. Sin is what you and I have done wrong in our lives. And I ask you to forgive me and to come into my life. Teach me how to delight in you. And I thank you that you delight in me so as much as I know how, I commit my life to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we give him a hand of praise and just thank him for what he's done? Now may the God of heaven who created you and breathed life into you, May the God in heaven who called you to himself, who chose you, you did not choose him. He chose you. May God hear your prayers and your praises. And may he give you good success in everything you do this week. God bless you. Go in the name of Jesus. Amen.